everyone and welcome back to the Football Chuggy Podcast. My name is Thomas Durning and today I'm joined by my co-host, Pierce McLaughlin. Hello, Pierce. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing well. On today's podcast, we will be discussing the departure of David De Gea from Manchester United, Carl McGregor's new contract at Celtic, all the latest transfer news, and at the end of the podcast, Pierce will be given a rundown of all the latest Asian football news. So coming up next, we'll be discussing David De Gea's departure from Manchester United. So on Saturday, the 8th of July, David De Gea announced that he would be leaving Man United. De Gea was associated with Man United for 12 years and made 545 appearances and kept 190 clean sheets. These are both club records for a goalkeeper at Man United. Along with his personal achievements, he also won the Premier League, the FA Cup, the Europa League and two Carabao Cups. So Pierce, um, what is your reaction to David De Gea leaving Man United? Uh, <clears throat> not really surprised, but I'm just surprised in the manner that it happened. As you've seen, Ten Hag, since he came in, he's not, he's not afraid to make the bold decisions and cut ties with like, legends of the club. And that's what David De Gea is in my eyes because they have 12 years of service and put out the performances he's done and won several player year awards. And even just last, 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 this last season, he won the, the Premier League Golden Glove ahead of people like Ederson and Allison and David Ryan and all these, all these other top-class goalkeepers in the Premier League. Um, but the fact is, the, the manner in which they've done it gave him a contract a reduced contract because he was on astronomical wages. Um and then he was about to sign it and then they just retract the offer, which I think is a bit sour t- it leaves a sour taste in my mouth to be honest, because the fact is he was expecting to stay. Um I think he would have stayed. Um and obviously the fact he's leaving, he hasn't had the chance to say a proper send off to the Manchester United fans. For someone that's give 12 years of loyal service to the club and performed admirably well. Um, I think it's a, a bit uh, it's a bit, a bit sour taste, to be honest. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, my reaction to him leaving is that um, I agree with you. I think the way he's left, um, I think it's a bit disappointing for him because, you know, as I just said, I've listed all the appearances, the clean sheets and the trophies he's won. So, I mean... He, he's he's had an amazing Man United career, and for him to leave like that, I was a bit, I felt disappointed for him because I think he deserved a bit better than that. Uh, in terms of him leaving, in terms of you know the team he's at now and the manager, I'm not really surprised. You know, since Eric Ten Hag's come in, you know Eric Ten Hag has a certain style of football that he wants to play, and we saw last season with the hair. It did look like at times that he did struggle with that style of football that Ten Hag wants him to play. And, you know, it was at fault for quite a few goals last season. So I, I think there was talk about a new contract for De Gea and I've looked at his wages and, you know, as you said, he was on very, very high wages. And I think at the end of the day, they've just decided that it's best for him to, to move on. And I think also Ten Hag had made the decision that he wasn't going to be number one this season coming, he was going to be number two. So I think maybe 
at the end of the day, they've just all come to the decision that, you know, it's best for him to move on. Um, but just in terms of his whole career at Man United, you know, I think he's been, I mean, he's been absolutely amazing for them. There was a period um, when just after Sir Alex Ferguson left of about five, six years, and he was arguably the best goalkeeper in the world. I mean, the, I think he single-handedly won Man United games. You know, uh, the, the saves he made um, to keep Man United in games. Uh, I think there was one game in 2017 against Arsenal at the Emirates. And I always remember that game. And he made, and I think Arsenal could have scored about seven, eight goals that game. And if it wasn't for David De Gea, you know, they would have been beaten comfortably. He made so many amazing saves that, that game. Um, so in terms of a goalkeeper for Man United, if he was to look back on it, I think he would be more than happy with what he's contributed to them. You know, he's been absolutely amazing for them. Um, but I'm just disappointed for him because I think he did deserve, you know, to say bye to to the fans and, you know, get a better send-off than he did. Um, so I was wanting to ask you, do you think he's Man United's best ever goalkeeper? No, but he's certainly top three. Um, I think the two above him are Peter Schmeichel and Edmund van der Sar. Um, I think what they achieved and just some of the saves they made. I know David Ayer, like you said, has mentioned has some incredible saves, but he has got mistaken and I think they two were just a bit more consistent and like you said, they've won the Champions League and the world's best players win the Champions League in the big trophies. Although David Ayer saying that has won every single trophy possible at Manchester United apart from the Champions League. Um, and always, like you said, for five, six years, and even then, like he, he was probably one of the best goalkeepers in the world, like you said. And you've got to think as well, that defensive front was an absolute shambles because the team was in a transition after Sir Alex and they needed a rebuild and the players were always constantly changing, but he was the one that was always ever consistent. And um, some of the saves he's produced over his time at uh, Manchester United has been outstanding. And then let's not forget, he had a dip in form as well after the Russia World Cup as well. So for him to come back through having that kind of loss of confidence and back to his, his brilliant best last season and the last couple of seasons, you know, I think he's a tremendous goalkeeper. I think, no, like you said, the probably the reason why Ten Hag doesn't want to keep him is because of the high wages. Like you said, second choice, probably. And he isn't the best for his body feet, but in terms of like, an actual short stopper. He's outstanding. You see what Pep Guardiola done, uh, bringing Claudio Bravo, who's good to bought his feet, but he wasn't a great short stopper. So for me, if I'm a, a manager, I'm 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 always picking a, a goalkeeper. It's a great short stopper, regardless how good he is with his feet, because I I just backed him Rosehead. But no tremendous legacy, and um, he's got he's going down as one of Manchester United's um, greatest ever players. Yep. Um, for me, I think he comes second. Uh, for me, I think uh, Peter Schmeichel comes first, just in terms of what he's won. Um, you know, Edwin van der Sar is a close between a close second between Edwin van der Sar, David Hare, but I just go David Hare just in terms of you know the, the records, you know the amount of clean sheets he's kept, um, you know the amount of appearances he made for Man United, you know to make what was it five hundred and forty five appearances for Man United, arguably the best. Uh, no, well, arguably the biggest club in the world, you know that that is some achievement to 
to have that many appearances for a club that size. So I'd go David De Gea just in terms of longevity as a co- as a second best ever goalkeeper. But I'd say Carson, um, sorry, Peter Schmeichel, just in terms of what he's won. Um, and also just, I think he changed the mould of kind of goalkeeping, you know. Uh, I think a lot of goalkeepers um, look up to him. Um, so uh, Peter Schmeichel for me, but then David De Gea is a close second. Can I just say lastly about David De Gea as well, is that <clears throat> um, I remember when he signed from Atletico Madrid and he was such a, he didn't look like a goalkeeper, you know, um, a lot of people were saying that he was never going to make it at Man United. You know, people had written him off after half a season saying that, no, th- this will never work. Um, you know, so people were telling Sark Swerfson saying another goalkeeper. And, you know, what he's, what he's turned into is, I mean, it's credit to him because uh, it, cause I remember at the start, I don't think he had a good start at Man United. But, I mean... What 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 it's turned into for him, it's it's absolutely amazing. So, um, fair play to him. Uh, so just lastly, about to hear, uh, what do you think he will go next? Oh, I don't really have a the faintest idea where he could go, but I probably have a kind of inclination might go towards Saudi Arabia if he's going to chase the the bag in terms of money, in terms of like to match his financial status. But if he wants to go back to maybe Spain for football reasons, be close to his family, um, I could see him maybe even going back to Atletico, something like that. Um, apart from that, maybe Italy, maybe. Like, maybe think about like Napoli or something like that, because like, they probably need a top class. I know they had Mary, but I think he's still an upgrade on him. And um, apart from that, it's not really, I don't really... Have an idea maybe, but obviously the fact is Al Nassar, um we've got David Espina who's like broken his arm, he's been out for like eight months, so maybe he'll join Ronaldo at uh, Al Nassar. Um but apart from that, they're the only kind of destinations that I can think of in terms of maybe a top side in Italy, top side in La Liga, or um go to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, um I think he could definitely still play at the highest level. Um, you know, um, uh, you know, I, I, there's been a lot of talk about Saudi Arabia, uh, but but going to to Saudi Arabia, I mean, it's all set up to him, um, but I, I definitely could still see him playing at the highest level in Europe. You know, I think he's definitely still capable of that, um, but I but the one thing I will say is I definitely don't see him, uh, joining a Premier League club. I don't think that'll, I think that's the last we'll see of him in in England in the Premier League, um, but. Highly likely, I do see. I expect him to go to Saudi Arabia, um, because I think there's a lot of talk about that. But he definitely could play in Europe in one of the top leagues in Europe, whether that's in Spain, Italy, uh, or Germany even. Um, so I mean, it'll be interesting to see where he goes next. Um, because whoever does manage to sign him, you know, they are getting still a top top goalkeeper. Um, so coming up next, we'll be reacting. Um, to Carl McGregor signing a new contract at Celtic. So, on Monday the 10th of July, Celtic announced that Captain Carl McGregor had signed a new five-year contract at the club. This now means that McGregor will remain at the club until the summer of 2028. So, reacting to signing his new deal, McGregor said that it's amazing to extend my stay at the club. 
as I've touched on before, this club means so much to me and the success that we've had over the past few seasons has cemented that. So, Pierce, what is your reaction to McGregor signing a new deal at Celtic? It's another fantastic bit of business um, by Brendan Rodgers, who's just in the door. Because um, the fact is, to build on a successful side, you need to keep the foundation sturdy. And that's what he's done, because he tied up Kyogo and Dizemeda in the past week. And now he's secured the future of another five years for Celtic club captain, uh, Carl McGregor. And Carl McGregor, there's just there's not enough words to describe how effective and how talented a footballer he is because he can play in a, a number of positions. He can play in the deep line six, he can play as a box-to-box eight, he can play as a ten. Um, and you've seen under Brown Rogers in the past, he played out even out in the left wing. So the fact is, he's so versatile, and even under Steve Clark um, for Scotland as well, he's, he's ever-consistent. Um, he always pops out big goals as well when club and country need him. Um, and I think his experience, his leadership qualities have just sh- it's it's shown since he was awarded the captaincy when um, Scott Brown left uh, Celtic to go to Aberdeen. Um, but no, I think it's a fantastic bit of business and obviously he's now 20 and 30, another five years. So he's signalling his intent to give his prime to Celtic and see the remainder of his career at Celtic and you're probably another one club man alongside um, uh, James Forrest but um, no I think he's a fantastic footballer and um, great bit of business by Celtic to secure the captain for another five years Yep um, you know for Celtic it's absolutely amazing for them um, they'll be delighted with the fact he's accepted a new a new deal Um. I always say with Cam McGregor, it's just like it's he's such a unique kind of player because like in football now nowadays you know loyalty at a club staying at a club for their whole your whole career is something that's quite rare now. Um, you know, I don't know if you agree, but we know we all know that the the league in Scotland isn't one of the top leagues in in the world. Um, and for Cam McGregor, we all know um that his quality is is really really good and he could play at the top top level. But the fact that, you know, he, he he's loved for the club, obviously, and the fact that he wants to keep remaining at Celtic and keep extending his contract, you know, it's, you know, it, you have to respect that, you know. Um, you know, having that loyalty to a club um, that, I mean, it does look likely now that he'll be at, he'll be at Celtic for these, this his career. So, you know, you have to respect him for that. And then... Um, for Brendan Rodgers as well, I mean, he'll be delighted. Um, you know, since he's come in, you know, he's. It looks like Celtic's plan has been to, um, you know, start off the the, the summer window with keeping all their, the top players. Well, trying to keep all their top players, and they've done well with the fact that they've signed new deals with Kyogo, um, Dyson Maida, and now Cam McGregor. So you know, they look like they are trying to keep the kind of spine of the team. Um, so it's you know for Brendan Rodgers, I mean, I think he'll be he'll be really happy with the start um, of his managerial career, second time at Celtic. Um, so Pierce, I just want to ask you as well, how impressed have you been with McGregor since he took uh, the captaincy at Celtic? 
Well, he was he was never a shouter in the park. Um, if you noticed him before, he was quite this kind of diminutive, kind of calming character because obviously he had the, the vocalness next to him and Scott Brown, who was that kind of leader, solely focused, eyes laser focus, and he'd love to like wind up opponents. Um, was McGregor just kind of calmly went about his work, but obviously. He's had him as he was a, he was assistant captain or vice captain to Scott Brown, so he's learned off him as well. And then he said different types of managers that he's kind of two ideas from, and he said a variety of football players that's played next to him in the middle of the park. So he said kind of inspiration from there. But as he's took over the captaincy, I think he's went up a level in terms of ability, in terms of leadership. Um, and I just think he's getting better and better with age, and. Uh, long may it continue for club and country um, because Celtic will be successful with Carl McGregor and Scotland will also be successful um, him in the middle part next to McGinn and McTominay um, no, he's a very very intelligent footballer and like I said he can play in a variety of positions and um, I think his Celtic career has been very very good but I think it's as you see he's, he's a born winner and I think that's one of the reasons why he stayed. Although he could have went to England and probably played at maybe a top 10 side, but not really win anything. Whereas he's probably one of the most decorated players in Celtic's history. But he wants to keep going on year on, year on. And that's what solely drives him. You can see that. Um, that he just wants to win more trophies and just get started. Yep. Um, in terms of, um, since he took the captaincy, you know, I think he's been very impressive. Um, you know, that I've read in the past that when people take the captaincy from taking over from someone, you know, a lot of people struggle with it, you know, because like the, of the pressure of the fact that you know you've got more responsibility. Um, but when I watch Cameron McGregor at Celtic, uh, I think he, I think he thrives on it. I think he loves it. And you said there he's went up a level, and you know I totally agree. I think ever since he took the captaincy, I think everything about Cameron McGregor has just got much better. In terms of his, um, you know, his leadership on the park, you know, his ability, you know, uh, just everything. He just looks so much more confident as well. He just looks so much more at ease. And so I, he's, I've been, you know, very impressed with Cal McGregor since he took the captaincy. Um, and, you know, I think the biggest compliment you can give him as well is the fact that the players that are around him respect him so much. And, um, you know, he seems to, be that captain that you 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 were saying there, you know, he isn't like a, a shouter on the pitch where like he's always shouting and, you know, instructing people, you know, and that's what Scott Brown was previously for Cameron Giger. So um, you know, he's he, he has learned from Scott Brown, obviously. Um, but, you know, he's kind of done it his his own way. And, you know, the respect that he gets from his teammates is is amazing. And um, you know, I've been very impressed and, you know, I think he's, I think there's more to improve with Cam Giger as well. I think he, he could, he can get even better, which is, you know, an amazing thought for him because, you know, he's already an amazing player and he could turn it to be even better. Uh, so just lastly about Cam McGregor, uh, do you think he will remain at Celtic for the rest of his career? I do firmly believe that. Um, I do think, obviously, until he's 35, but I think he could even play similar to Kind of like Scott Brown, um, probably got in his own terms. I think he could easily play until he's like 30, 
39-40. Maybe not start a week, but he could easily play that um, because, like you say, he's, he's very rarely injured. I remember there was a start a couple of years ago, he was he played like the most at games in Europe along with like people like Kieran Tierney and James Forrest at the time under Rodgers the first in his first spell. Um and always like like you say, like he's very real injured, but when he is, it's usually a pretty serious one. And um and like you say, like even at 30 years of age and um club captain, but see when you notice a massive drop off in, in the midfield of Celtic when he comes out of the side, not just for his leadership qualities, but if he's caught in the ball as well and he's his position, his movement, and the way he just motivates other players on the park. Um, so no, I I do think he will retire as a one club man, um, and I do think he could play till late thirties, maybe forty. Yeah, I agree. I think he will remain at Celtic his full career. Um, you know, I think that's always been his plan. Uh, you know, he went to not not uh, Notts County, um, quite a few years ago, um. And he's come back, and I think that's always been his plan to remain at Celtic his, his full career. And then, you know, uh, when he retires or when he leaves Celtic, we don't know, but he could well go down as one of the best captains Celtic have ever had. You know, probably not the best captain. We all know, I think, Billy McNeil holds that um, holds that one. But, um, you know, he, he could definitely go on to be one. Uh, you know, he's... I think that I think as well, Carl McGregor. I just think the fact that you know he just loves the the fact just being successful, and you know as well. You know I think he I think he thrives on that, and then the fact that his international career is going really well as well. You know I just think you know, um, he doesn't want to really, you know, he doesn't really have that mindset of he wants to go to the Premier League or somewhere higher at a higher level. You know I just think. Where he is at Celtic, I think he just, you know, he's more than comfortable and happy. And, you know, yeah, I definitely do think he'll he will be at Celtic as his career. Um, so sticking with the latest news in Scotland, it's been reported today that Leon Balligan will be having a medical at Rangers with a view of him rejoining the club he had left in 2022. So the news that Balligan will be rejoining Rangers comes after it was confirmed that Rangers defender Leon King will be out for a significant period of time after suffering an ankle injury. So, Pierce, what is your reaction to Leon Balligan uh, potentially rejoining Rangers? I was a bit surprised when I when I read the, the news today. Um, I probably could have done him last season when he'd a series of injuries across the back line. Um, but during his first spell at the club, when he was there for two years, um, because you forget the, the, the age he is, he's actually 35 now, so he was like 32, 33 at the time. He's actually very, very quick for his age, and he's tall, and he's quite commanding, and he is a pretty consistent defender. I, I don't re- remember many games where he was caught in position or he made like massive errors. And if you look at the Rangers' defence over the last two seasons, since he's, well, since he's not really been on the side, um, there's been a calamity of errors. Like you look at John Souter, Ben Davies, they've had some shocking performances. Although they've been average at best, I do think what that that partnership of Balogun and Golson under um the season where they did win the league um a few years ago, 
the two of them were the bedrock of that, that title-winning uh, season because the two of them were ever-present in Europe and domestically, and um, they barely conceded any goals. And like you say, like, it's not just attack that wins you, wins you titles, it's defence. It's the team of the best defence teams that shop shop and have the most clean sheets, and that's the bedrock to then go and build on. And I do think you look at Rangers' defence last season, it was... It shipped far too many goals uh, for their liking, and I do think it's a smart signing. I never seen any of his football last season at Queens Park Rangers, um. But obviously, Michael Beale was there part part way the first part of the season, so he's obviously still think he can do a job. Um, so no, I think it's a a good smart signing. He knows the, he knows the club well, and um, he'll probably come in and uh, steady that ship at the at the back line. Yep. Um. What you were just saying there, I think it is a, a smart sign from Rangers. Uh, if it happens, you know, obviously Leon King now out for a significant period of time. Uh, I think Michael Beale's plan. I mean, it quite kind of sounds obvious that I think Leon King was going to be played quite a, a bit more this season. So the fact he's now not going to be playing, uh, you know, Leon Balogun coming back, I think you know, he knows the club. You know, I was actually quite surprised when he left last season. Last summer, um, you know, um, because I actually thought he, he did pretty well at Rangers. You know, he scored quite, quite a few important goals. I remember he scored, and I think it was the quarter final Europa League. Um, I remember he scored in the one. I think it was the first leg. Um, you know, uh, and like just he, he was part of that. Uh, I think he had a partnership with Conor Goldson. Um, I can't remember what season it was, but they they both um. You know they did really well together, and uh, he seemed really. I think he seemed quite happy at Rangers, and you know was quite disappointed that he left. Um, so I think it's a really smart signing uh, for Rangers. I think it's a one-year deal as well if it does happen. So you know, um, maybe Leon Balogun will be wanting to really, really show uh, Rangers this season if he comes back that you know he he wants to stay more than one year, and then you know, kind of stay at Rangers for a significant period longer. Um but no, I think it's a really smart sign for Rangers. Um, you know, uh, you know, I was quite surprised he left the first time because I thought he did well. Um and yeah, I think, you know, him coming back in, I think will I think will improve their their options at centre back. Um so Pierce, is there any transfer news from around the globe that has been catching your eye recently? Probably just the, the Harry Kane saga. Um, you just never know what's going to happen. Obviously, I think by me, every week, I've just gone up with an extra 10 million euros. Um, but obviously, Tottenham are quite firm on uh, the 100 million pounds. So that works out about 117 million euros. Um, and as you say, by me, I've struggled for goals since Robert Lewandowski joined Bar- Barcelona last summer. And it's hampered them um, in terms of the objectives in the Bundesliga where they struggled last season and in the Champions League. And I do think, like you say, he's only got one year left his contract. Um, and also I think that will help Ange Postecoglou do a rebuild. Um, but I hope, I hope he does go um, because I would, I'd love to see him go there and smash it, win trophies, put that, get that monkey off his back and potentially even win the Champions League by a minute. Um, so that's kind of the one I'd be keeping an eye on. And uh, you're just kind of hoping that, but by a minute, we just um, 
we'll break their transfer record and just pay the money that Tottenham want. Yep. Um, you were saying there about Addy Kane, you know, I think he returns to Tottenham training today. Um, so I think today at Tottenham, they'll kind of have more of an idea of what 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 he's thinking is. You know, I think Poster Coglu did his first press conference uh, at the start of the week and he was saying basically that he wants Harry Kane to stay and he wants to show him, you know, uh, what the plan is um, in terms of what Tottenham are going to go on to do. Um, you know, to be honest, I've got a feeling that although Bayern Munich um, it's quite obvious that they really want them, you know, they're fitting in our bid. I, I just have a feeling that Harry Kane will stay. I didn't think that a couple of weeks ago, but I just think with the fact that with Poster Coglu in charge, with uh, with Poster Coglu in charge, you know, I just think, you know, um, you know, I think he'll show Harry Kane this is where he wants, this is a plan, you know, and, you know, when we watched Celtic and when, when Poster Coglu was here, you know, the football was so exciting, you know, there were so many chances that Celtic created and I think Harry Kane will would be really excited by that. Uh, I know, obviously, the fact the fact is that he might finish his career without a trophy, and you know, by a minute, you're you're going to be more than likely to win a trophy. Um, but I just think that one will end up with Harry Kane staying at Tottenham. But it is definitely one to keep an eye on because you never know. Harry Kane might just decide himself that he wants to go, to, he wants to leave, and by a minute, might put in a bid that Tottenham can't re- can't refuse. So. That's definitely I want to keep an eye on. Just another one as well. Um, it doesn't really, it's not really get discussed a lot. But um Chelsea and Moises Caicedo from Brighton. So um there's been quite a chat, a lot of chat in the summer about Chelsea wanting Caicedo. And I think Caicedo said a couple of days ago that if Chelsea it's hard to say no to Chelsea, you know, he, he really likes the club and the fact that, you know, he really likes the the area that Chelsea are situated in. Um, I think personal terms have been agreed, but Chelsea are still working on how to to bid and to get the right bid. So I think that's definitely one to keep a close eye on. And if Chelsea managed to 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 sign Caicedo at the end, you know, I think it's a burnt signing for them because Caicedo was really good for Brighton last season. And the fact that Chelsea don't have European football and Brighton do, you know, I think that would be a real coup for Chelsea. Um you know, so I think that's one to keep a close eye on. And, you know, I, I do expect Caicedo to probably end up being at Chelsea. Um, but, you know, we'll need to see what happens with that one. Um, so for the final part of the show, Pierce will now give his Asian football roundup. Yeah, so we'll start off with a bit of uh, Korean football news. Um, so last, last um, just after the World Cup, uh, Celtic were linked with Chogu Sung. So he's now officially announced his departure from Jumbo Hyundai Motors on Sunday the 9th of July. Cho will sign for FC Mataijaland in Denmark. Deal thought to be around uh, £2.6 million. Um, Lee Kangin has completed his move to Paris Saint-Germain, signing a five-year deal which runs until the summer of 2028. It has been a deal that's taken a while, but it's now signed, sealed and delivered. And uh, former South Korean manager Paolo Bento has been confirmed as a new head coach of United Arab Emirates on Monday the 10th of July. Uh, Suwon, Samson Blewings have confirmed the signing of Kazuki Kazoka from Kawasaki Frontale on Thursday the 6th of July. And now moving on to the South Korean League. 
So on Friday, the July 7th, uh, Gangwon FC won, Guangzhou FC won, um, Jeju United uh, won, Daegu FC 2, Saturday, July 8th, Poland Steelers 0, Ulsan Hyundai 1, Seven FC 2, Intron United 2, Jumbo Hyundai Motors 2, FC Seoul 1, and then to round it off, Sunday, July 9th, Dejan Hana Citizen 2, Suwon Samsung Blue Wings 2. So it's leaving the table looking like this. So at the top of the table, we've still got Ulsan Hyundai, Running away with the league, um, 21 games played, 53 points. And then you've got second position, you've got Poland Steelers with 37, and then third and fourth place joint is uh, FC Cell and Jumbo Hyundai Motors, both on 33 points. And down at the bottom of the table, we've got Suwon, Samsung Blue Wings, rock bottom 11 points, and then just above them is Gangwon FC on 14 points. So moving on to the Japanese league. Um, so Friday the 7th of July, Friday night, J-League action. Uh, Albrecht's now got a nil, Vassell Kobe won. Uh, and then on it round off on Saturday, July 8th. Nagoya Grampus 2, Yokohama F Mariners 2, which is a top-of-the-table clash, and um, both sides will, will take the point. Uh, San Fetcher-Oshima 1, Kawashintlers 1, uh, Avispa Fukuoka 2, Hokkaido, Contador Sapporo 1, Gamble Saka 1, Kyoto Sanga 0, uh, Kawashiwa Racer 1, Shonan Benwell 1, um, Kawasaki Frontali 3, Yokohama FC 0, Urare Diamonds 0, FC Tokyo 0, and Sagan Tusa 2, Serizo Osaka 1. So it's leaving the Japanese uh, League 1 table looking like this. So at the top of the three, we've got Yokohama F. Marnos, 20 games played, 43 points. And then the second position, Vassell Kobe, 19 games played, 40 points. And then the third position, we've got Nagori Grampus on 39 points after 20 matches played. So it's very tight at the top of the table, a lot tighter than the Korean League. Um, there's even a um, fourth, fourth team as well that's kind of within touching distance. So there's like four teams that are kind of aiming for the title, but Yokami F. Marnos are got the, the slight lead at the moment. And then down at the bottom of the table, we've got um, Shonan Belmere, rock bottom, 18th position, 13 points. And then Kawashima Racial and Yokam FC, 16th and 17th position, respectively, both on 14 points. So it's just as tight it is at the bottom that it is at the top. And it's uh, set for exciting uh, end of the season in both the Korean League and the Japanese League. And that's all your latest Asian football news. Thank you, Pierce. Um, and just before we go, uh, it's just been confirmed that Rangers have signed Leon Balogun, uh, so that's just been confirmed. So um, we were just talking about that earlier on. So yeah, Rangers have signed Leon Balogun. Um, and thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Football Trigger podcast. This podcast will be will be available to listen to on the Football Trigger YouTube channel and also the Football Trigger website. Thanks for listening, and see you soon. Bye bye.